0: Always look on the right side of, of life. <whistles> For life is quite absurd And death's the final word You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your scene Give the audience a grin Enjoy, Enjoy it. it, it's your you last chance at
1: Folks, we have to convene an emergency meeting of the Owls AmeriCast Emergency Committee. I am your co-chair, Jeffrey Pedernostra. I'm not actually drinking anything because I drank all of my watermelon lemonade during the interview, which we did before we started doing the show proper. My co-chair of the Emergency Emergency Committee in Ohio, who definitely has some alcohol in front of him, is Evan Skilter. Evan, what are you drinking?
2: Yep, I have my uh, bottle of Maker's Mark, and I I, I do I have the bottle. I started drinking it straight from the bottle, but if you've ever seen Maker's Mark, there's uh, like a wax seal around the the top, and so it got a little bit frustrating to to try to drink through that, so I just put it in a cup, but uh, the bottle's at the ready for when I need a refill. Ooh, that's not a bad idea.
1: (laughs) Spoken like a true alcoholic. Our vice chair is Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm going for the
3: uh, straight for the bottle
1: technique that uh, Evan's employing, but with Bacardi rum. (laughs) Our treasurer is James Allen. James, what are you drinking?
4: Uh, Good evening. Um, I was going to drink just water this evening, so I've got a bit of running to do later on. so I'm drinking a still water artisanal juicy dry hop sour <laughs> ale with tangerine, uh, called Tangerine Haze, which is uh, it's very mellow. And it also transpires after a little bit of googling that Tangerine Haze is also a a celebrated form of cannabis. I kind so, of figured um, that without uh, having to look it up I ge- actually. <laughs> I, I guess I'm uh, I'm I'm duty bound for both a a mellow podcast and a mellow run to follow.
1: And our sergeant at arms, Paul Owen. Paul, what are you drinking?
5: Alright chaps, I'm uh, drinking uh, some Bell's Two-Hearted Ale which is my favourite IPA from over here although I learned today listening to uh, Athletico Mints if anybody listens to that Bob Mortimer's uh, podcast that it gives you tits so I'm <laughs> slightly, slightly worried that I'm going to grow some IPA man boobs so Wait, but that's because it be a gives, gives you tits or so just IPA well, in general gives you tits? Just, I, uh, just apparently IPAs this is a particularly pokey one so um, maybe I'm going to grow some man boobs by the end of the pod.
1: Uh, So the actual agenda, we're not going to review the last two games. We're just not. It's now one win in ten. You really don't need to hear us drone on about poor defending, poor finishing, Morgan Fox conceding bad fouls. You've heard it all before. So instead, we're going to try to be optimistic, I think. That's what the agenda says. I see optimism, I see hope, and I see imagine. That is what's on the agenda for episode 22 of the Owls AmeriCast. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll just dive right in and see how this goes. And of course the first note, the first talking point under optimism is the confidence is shot and performances are weak, Evan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the optimism. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess we performances is, is like a, a nice way to put it, isn't it? So You know, start off on the right note. Um, I'll tell you what, if we're being optimistic, Lee's, Abdi, Van Aken, Hutch, they're all back soon. So uh, if we want to talk optimism, that's what we're we're looking forward to. Uh, Hopefully that injects a little bit. I mean, my goodness, anything will help at this point. Um, So, God, someone else clearly wrote this agenda because I am (laughs) 0% optimistic, but uh, I'll pretend. You see... I'm not sure that Abdi's are going to help that much, uh, or Lee's for that
3: matter. And Van, the Van Aken jury is still out for me too. So, um, first point on that optimism agenda, I'm striking off as definitely not optimistic. I mean, it can't be
1: worse, right? Worse than what? Than what we've seen in the last few weeks. Well, Abdi, it can be worse. We've seen him play. No, <laughs> oh, Abdi's not actually going to actually get in a game. He's going to tweak <laughs> something in the next week and be uh, on the shelf for the rest of the season. But uh, Patty, one Fernando Forestieri. is back in Sheffield, back in training, and back on Instagram.
3: So, uh, we have actually got something optimistic to share here. So, yes, you're right. is back in Sheffield. Started to think a week ago. Put a picture of Hillsborough up. And again, the Instagram stories have started and our old friend Johnny is back. The lovely bromance between uh, what appears to be an 80-year-old uh, man in the uh, dressing room that no one knows what he does um, and Nando, a uh, striker that's always injured, uh, has restarted. And they've already started doing sketches, which I think is brilliant. Uh, the last one I saw today was him coming into the, the um, dressing room with a bottle of hair serum. Um, <laughs> It then cuts magically to the day later where he comes into the dressing room again and Johnny has a full wig of hair and we all laughed around on the floor. It is bringing the spirits of the dressing room up and I think this is surely going to be the thing that propels us out of the relegation zone and uh, back into mid-table mediocrity.
2: All hail Johnny Sheffield, the 80-year-old that no one knows what he does. (laughs) If you do know what Johnny does, please email into the show at alisamericasgmail.com. That's a little bit
1: unfair. He puts out the cones at training. It? or it. Or something like that. <laughs> so, what you're saying is, you don't actually know what he does, James.
4: I, I, I know he does something vaguely useful in terms of kind of setting out the kit. And uh, doesn't he drive, it, drive down in the kind of the kit van with Ashley Holland when they go to Portugal? It takes them like two and a half days and they have a little kind of, you know, exploration in the Sheffield Wednesday van across Europe. It's like the only time we've in been shrimp, in Europe in sorry. the
3: last 20 years. If if his only job is to keep Nando happy, I would give him all the money in the world. He seems to be a massive part of what Fernando likes watching for Wednesday is pissing about with Johnny. So good work, Johnny.
4: Could he keep Nando fit as well?
1: (laughs) Apparently (laughs) not. If if you want a little bit more of good news, well, for one, there's only 10 matches left. And of those 10 matches, before we all head to the beach six of them are theoretically winnable. We say that because a lot of them are against teams that are worse than Wednesday currently, Paul, but that hasn't exactly been a marker of good fortune this year either.
5: No, that's right. I mean, you could you could kind of write the whole thing off and say we're going to lose them all, couldn't you? But I think we have to be optimistic. I'm going to try and be optimistic, not like you lot. But um, of that last 10, I reckon that we could we could possibly find ourselves with the opportunity of taking 18 points. Right. So can you explain a little further on where these, where these points are coming yeah, from? Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, but I'm going to try. You wrote this.
1: And Paul did write you know, the agenda. You
5: know, I was trying to be optimistic, and I counted it quickly. But since then, I've looked at it and thought, God, I was, I was a little bit too optimistic. Why? Do you know what, right, right, Paul?
4: Okay. This is the problem with you branding and design people. You know, you go, with these big, you go out with these big leading buzzwords, and you don't think about what they mean and what it's going to take to deliver them. So we're all about optimism, but when you scratch the surface a little bit, oh, those eighteen points look hard to come by. <laughs>
5: all right, well, let me try and justify myself. So I'm right. thinking Bolton. Let's start up. let start on Saturday. So that that's clearly Bolton has got to be an opportunity for three points. I've skipped um, dirty leads, and then I'm looking at Preston. Football Heaven thinks that we're we're, uh,
1: we're a lock to win at Island Road. So.
5: You reckon, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I points. So, right. All right, then. Then i Sunderland. I mean, come on, surely all we've got to do is show up at Sunderland. I mean, Everyone really else is, all you have to do is, is show up track. at the Stadium of Light. Right. <laughs>
3: you ruled out. You ruled out Preston North End as a. As no, a we never. Be no, i no, sorry.
5: Yeah, I, I'm not sure that that's kind of. I, I, it, should be on paper but it probably won't so skip that one right then you've got um, QPR QPR come on hang on Sunderland.
4: hang on back, back up a second Paul Sunderland have not won a game all season or something to that effect and, uh, and the stadium light they always lose by a hatful. we're duty bound to should. lose that game you cannot count that as a win
5: <laughs> oh no, come on I'm trying to be optimistic I'm not being yeah. realistic I'm being optimistic right? well, we've got nine points uh, and then you go to Fulham
3: on April 7th
5: yeah we'll forget Fulham that, that's a right <laughs> okay um, I'm counting QPR in there. That's got to be an opportunity. Away. Mm. And then I'm thinking Reading and Hull. Come on. Let's just take the... I'm thinking that Hull could be um, a chance for three points. I think their yeah. season's over. It's all done. I think Wolves will, will, will murder us, and I think Norwich will as well. So, uh, look, the I reckon they won't about... need any points
1: from those last two matches.
5: Exactly. Well, that's good. You've got to... But I, I have to say, look. When you look at the uh, even on our own web page, you look at the um, the form, the little red and green boxes. There's very few green boxes it, Two for and anybody. 20, is there? Below right? about fourteenth position. Yeah, Birmingham is like a straight six loss losses. Uh, Sunderland, like you say, drawn a couple, but but losing them. I can't see Burton surviving. So surely, surely we can we can do enough between us gaining a handful of points and the teams not getting as many as we will, right? That's the pure optimism, if nothing else.
2: Yeah, I think without uh, without looking at the table, I see, uh, I don't know, 35 points maybe pushing for promotion. So uh, <laughs> I'll put on my optimistic hat. <laughs> um,
3: So hang on a minute. We don't need to win six games, do we? So I think is it four games, and we're pretty much safe at this rate. Twelve points ish. Right. So uh, if we get four, if we win four out of your six winnable games,
1: then we should be okay. So I'm feeling more optimistic. After well, that for a team games. that's won two and twenty, that's not a hard ask at all, Paddy. <laughs> okay. You have to well, have actually, no, Jeff.
4: If you take that completely literally, what it means is we only have to play another forty games in order to win four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> James, I'll be honest, I'm not going to watch another 40 games with <laughs> for this team. It's just not going to
4: happen. Yeah, it's probably just as well, really, isn't it? God, really, 10 games to go. Golly. Um, well, let's play that out then. So, we, you know, we've, we've just set out our winnable six, uh, as Paul has, uh, has handily laid out, which probably means that probably there's only three, three winnable games there, which means they're scratching around for a, a kind of ridiculous result. I've got my hat hung on Wolves away, by the way, because uh, it appears I'm going to be in the UK for that one. So maybe we'll uh, we'll kind of somehow manage to beat the... They should be champions by then. So maybe it'll be their promotion party and they'll go easy on us.
3: We'll see. James, what's
4: but, your record this season? Uh, yeah, I uh, attended a lost all of them, had <laughs> a lot of goals um, or, or something along those lines. Um, so maybe I won't go to the Wolves game. Um but yeah, there's you know there'll be one team below us that'll probably kind of shoot up like a firework and and do something spectacular. I, I think we should all hope it's not Bolton because if it's them, they'll probably start motoring this weekend, I and mean, we kind of like that not to <laughs> happen. So, um, it, it is a six-pointer against the promoted from the pub league last season, Bolton. Yeah, welcome to our season, 2017-2018. But yeah, but you know someone will come past us, but we'll we'll kind of we'll steady the ship and we'll calm down around that. Um, I've got a funny feeling either Reading or, or maybe even Hull might kind of just get it together as the back end of the season comes in. Um, but as you said, you know, the, the, the form of the teams below us is catastrophically bad. I mean, there were, there were a few kind of uh, comparison stats going around this week, um, just in terms of where we would be if we'd be performing at this level in previous seasons. And put it this way, it would say relegation zone. So um, we've uh, we've got to be thankful for the absolute shoddiness of Barnsley and Burton and Birmingham, and Sutherland. goodness me. Um, so yeah, let's let's just hope that that continues for another ten games and those red boxes stay red. So all we've got to do is get to the end of the season. Like we've just got to we've got to safely park the bus somewhere where we can strip it down, put a new engine in it, put us a new set of wheels on it, exchange the chassis, maybe repaint it. Sell it for a different bus, um, and uh, and then get going again
3: next season. It'll be fine.
4: I think that's fine. Bus. We've uh... got we've
3: got Ferragueria's motorized scooter. That's
2: all we've got now. Defense. <laughs> was that a uh, was that a Sergei Bus uh,
1: reference just there? <laughs>
2: is that the Dark Knight? Is that who we need?
4: <laughs> that, Bring him back. We all went wrong. If we, if we <laughs> never let go of Sergei Bush, we'd be absolutely fine.
1: Isn't he still somehow only out on loan? Can you recall him? No, he's gone. Or is he around? It is kind of amazing they've him. lost four straight, and I think they've started that seven points clear of the drop, and they're still seven points clear of the drop. I think it's five it, straight. now,
4: too. It is one of the worst bottom ends of the championship in recent memory. So,
1: um, yeah, lucky us. Another reason for optimism. So if we do survive, Evan, will it be on the quality of our returning players?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean... I've actually, the last couple matches after we've lost, I've sat down and and really (laughs) unfortunately thought hard about the state of Sheffield Wednesday, which is uh, not a fun thing to do on a Saturday morning or Tuesday evening. And um, honestly, we have, we've had such a rough go of it. I I mean, I'm not sure. I'd be curious to look back at past seasons um, and, and find a team or I wonder how hard it would be to find a team that has had this many injuries to this many quality players and has had to try to survive and, and not get relegated um, and lost their manager and hired a new one. You know, people are giving Joss all this stick and uh, it's just brutal. I mean, I saw so many Joss out uh, chance or not chance, but uh, posts on Facebook and Twitter and it's just been uh, incredibly disappointing because the guy's been handed uh, a really, really tough hand. Right. Um, And and I think he's a good manager. His track record says so. And, you know, if we survive, if we go into the championship season fresh next year, uh, no injuries, just get everyone out there and, and and running around like we did a couple years ago. uh, It'll be exciting. If we stay up, I will be truly excited during uh, the off-season uh, for the next season to start. As long as we wear stripes.
4: <laughs> you see, that split the camp, Evan. We're not all, all stripe clappers on this podcast. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually, I think that I'm, the thing I'm almost most disappointed about this season and our awful performances and the way that everything has gone upside down is everyone's going to blame the kit. They're always going to say it's because we played in that full bloody blue kit with the white sleeves, which I I love that kit. I mean, I don't actually love that kit kit because it maybe could have been executed a little bit better. I mean, you know, for starters, why did it not have a round color? But, you know, that aside, it's a beautiful design. I'd like to see it back. And I think everyone's going to say that we've got to get the stripes back in order to get our form back. There's too much superstition about it. Well, I I
2: think you're right about that. And I I do want to backtrack that I was... uh, I was being more sarcastic about that comment. Um, you know, I, I had mentioned all the shouts on on social media about our manager being fired again after a couple weeks or a month or so. Um, it, 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 you're, you're exactly right. It's you know every or people will find anything they can to blame this uh, this run of bad form on.
1: So you did bring up Joss and they're gonna have a decision to make in the summer one way or the other, James how do you think it goes
4: uh right now sure with the momentum at his back and with the <laughs> uh, the positivity and adulation of the wednesday fans you know calling out his name in their tens of thousands um yeah he's definitely not going to be around in the summer is he <laughs> dear me i said was it was it last week when i said that he's just got one uh, performance objective and that's to keep us in the league i still think that's true so i kind of like to think he'll still be here but um I'm, I'm in an increasingly minority, and and I, you know, to be fair, he's in personality terms and the way he's conducting himself, he's he's not doing much to get the fans on side. I'll say that. Um, you know, whether you say he's responsible for performances or not, you know, whether he could uh, whether he knew what he was stepping into or not, he's certainly not uh, Mister Animated when it comes to trying to kind of find a way to rouse up the Wednesday fan base and get channel some of this optimism onto uh, onto the performances on the park. So yeah, there's going to be a decision to make. I mean, if, if the club survives, then we're going to have to hope that there's somebody behind the scenes who's been watching and observing and, um, and, you know, hopefully has seen something they like in the way in which he's, he's running the dressing room and running the, you know, the, the training pitch and, and setting up the squad that isn't translating to performances because of the injuries, because of just the chronic, Confidence issues that are in the squad. Um, in which case, you know, maybe he gets a chance to have a go with a full full strength squad and bring in some of his own players, move on some of the deadwood, and and show us what he's made of. But um, I think increasingly there's a, a greater likelihood than not that he turns into quite a transitory appointment and we're looking again in the summer, which, you know, frankly is not going to help us. There's a lot. I think, to be said for for continuity, particularly because of the fact we're going to have to act fast on transfers in and out, uh, particularly with the window now closing in uh, in parallel with the Premier League. So um, it's going to be a decision that I hope the club makes sooner rather than later, as soon as survival is secured, which it will be because we're being optimistic.
1: So let's look forward then to the upcoming transfer window, James. And James and James did a podcast on this earlier this week, sort of an FFP follow-up with some recent Wednesday financial disclosures and what are the options really going to look like in the summer?
4: Yeah I, I would probably declare right now that the pod that we did earlier this week was was probably not as uh, as upbeat and uh, sort of um, laughing in the face of despair uh, as, uh, as this evening is so far um, because it was all quite serious actually we were you know we were picking through the the 2016-17 accounts and, and updating the ffp analysis that um that peter Lohman uh, over in denmark has been developing for for all Wednesday nights, uh, along with a few other people's perspectives as well so you know the the story really boils down to a couple of things one we're going to be very close to the ffp thresholds at the end of this year uh, the accounts for 17-18 um, which is going to put us under scrutiny from the EFL. We know that if we continue to spend at the rate that we are on wages uh, and carrying transfer fees from transfers already made, we'll probably be in a breach position in 2018-19 if we don't make changes to the playing squad. So the likelier than not scenario over the summer is that we are going to have to move on some of our higher earners um, or and or uh, sell some players that generate significant transfer income and, and obviously that's going to mean that we're going to have to go out and look for replacements and, and probably find them, hopefully, in younger, more uh, more enthusiastic players than the ones we signed over the last 18 months, but also um, who come in at a slightly lower wage uh, level and, and command smaller fees as well so that we can just start to edge away from that FFP threshold. So I think the you know the very likely scenario is that we have to see some significant squads turnover in the summer is, is the short answer, um, which actually, uh, if you just step away from FFP and finances for a second i think he's going to be healthy for wednesday all told you know the the team that was set up to to take us up didn't make it the wheels have firmly fallen off the wagon this summer and we've got to resculpt and restart and reset um and go again with um with much more conviction and you know in the pod on monday we were talking about the example we keep on coming back to which is brighton which is you know a team that pushed hard didn't work they had to reset and they came back with a much healthier, younger, fitter squad um, under new leadership, under Chris, Chris Uton, and actually a team that ended up costing less on a year-per-year wages basis than Wednesday's current squad. So, you know, there's hope there. If you get the right manager and the right um, the right trades made in the market, we could be setting up for a really
2: exciting season next year.
1: So, Evan, who would be your manager for next season?
2: Well, I uh, I don't see any reason to get rid of our current manager, but... To be honest, I'm not really uh, emotionally attached to him at this point, so uh, I'd, I'd be fine with with whatever happens. Uh, I, I think we should bring him back and give him a chance next season, um, with with a, a full transfer window to kind of you know rebuild this team, like James just mentioned. Uh, and, and, you make things his own. So, uh I I I'd, I'd prefer that. I if we're going to have club turnover, I don't want uh a new manager as well. I uh, I'd prefer to keep Joss in place.
1: I mean, you would hope that his experience sort of in the in the lower tier of German soccer and sort of as a promotion specialist over there, he would have a knowledge of potential, you know, bargain younger prospects that might be looking for uh moved to England on a squad on the rise, which I guess will be uh, on our way back once again in 2018, 2019. And what would your lineup look like for our 151st season, Patty? You know, before I go into that, I want to just ask you guys, because I I disagree with Evan's um,
3: Yoss opinion. I I, I was all for Yoss when he joined, right? I think it was a great um, signing on paper. I think he had what we needed. Uh, for the future, however I have got a lot of questions from the first 10 games in charge um, I know he's been dealt a shit hand I know he's got a lot of work to do with these players to to motivate them but he's not had a good first 10 games has he guys and he's going to have to pull a, a lot of tricks out of the hat in the next 10 games to make sure we don't go down and I'm not entirely convinced he's the man for the job next year.
2: How does how that even th- like? How is that even a thought that that crosses our minds though? When when he's been dealt a, a League Two caliber side. I mean, no, he hasn't done well. The club hasn't done well since he took over. But he took over a team who are playing literally the backup at every position except for maybe one or two. I just don't.
3: Uh, it's just on the choice he makes. I feel he's resting players too much. I feel like he's. Um, quite negative, very negative in some, in some respects. I feel like his substitutions don't make a lot of sense. There's some games where he didn't make any substitutions. His, um, his uh, <laughs> the Millwall away game I attended while I was in London where he started with no strikers. I just feel like there's no need for that. I think these are these are his choices that I disagree with. And I think he made some bad lineup choices over the, the last few games.
2: Well, he, he barely has anyone to choose from, though. That's my problem, is that he's resting players, yeah, but who does he have to play behind them? You know, if, if another guy falls, then all of a sudden he can't rest the guy behind him because we're at our third or fourth or fifth selection or, or sorry, fifth, uh, uh, fifth option at that position. So he's, he's got to rest. He's gotta be, yeah, he's making some weird decisions, some, some uncanny, unprecedented decisions. Playing no strikers up top is, is quite weird, but at the same time, let's think about the strikers that he had to play with. Um, I just
3: yeah, yeah. I prefer. You had Drou on form. I just what, when prefer, he was all the strikers, Drou and knew he was playing really well. Correct. And well, can, we play well.
1: And well, can we play them? And he has a very crowded fixture schedule between the FA Cup replays and everything else too.
2: I, I just don't think we can play those guys every single time out, and it's uh, I just want to see him with a full, good squad behind him. That that's all I want to see. Uh, I, I don't think it's fair to all of a sudden blame all of our problems on a guy that just came in a month ago and, and just say, sorry, you're not the guy for the job. He, he hasn't had a a, chan- a fair chance at the job yet.
4: You know, I'm I read a really, really oh. interesting perspective on it earlier on, which is, and I think to an extent what both of you are saying is is kind of true at the same time, which is the right thing to do is to judge him by his choices, not by his behaviors or mannerisms um you know there's been all this chat about the fact that he's not animated enough on the sideline that that's not how we should judge him we should judge him by the results and by the squad but the perspective that i read that i thought was was kind of interesting which alludes to what you're saying evan is the the kind of the difficulty of bringing in second choice players when when they're coming into a a team that's you know a regular first choice 11 and just one player drops out second choice player comes in they're playing above their level, but with people around them who raise their level, take them to a better place. As soon as you take out nine, 10 of that squad and you're playing with nine, 10 second choice players, they're all dragging each other down to a level that's significantly below the average. And so the whole team morale drops, the kind of performances drop, you're playing against teams that, that start to overrun you. And so the manager is always left trying to tinker with that to try and work out what the right combination is to get reactions, to get players playing comfortably with each other. And you can see a lot of that in yoss's team selections, the fact that it has been so inconsistent at times, that he's chopped and changed between games, he's tried different combinations, different players in different positions. It, it just strikes me as, as someone who hasn't figured out how to make this work. And, and maybe that's the tools at his disposal. Maybe he's just scratching his head and saying, there isn't a way to make this work. Um, but... You know, he I, I, it's difficult to judge him really in true fashion until he does have that squad available,
1: in my opinion. Does that answer your question, Jeff? <laughs> what was the question again? I mean, as long as Morgan Fox isn't in the first team selection next year, I think we'll all be okay. We've we have uh, got an
4: out for that. We're going to touch on that later on. Aren't we <laughs> yes, we, we found a way to get rid of Morgan Fox.
1: <laughs> but for now, we'll take a break. and we come back, we'll try to... Inject some additional optimism into this already very optimistic pod with our Hawaii Owl. It is, in fact, Honolulu Wednesday here on the Owls Americas, and God knows we all need a trip to the beach. And we'll do so with our Hawaii Owl, Carl Espach. Carl, how did you become a Wednesdayite?
6: So I was a fallen Premier League football for maybe 10 years and never knew who I supported. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to be Man United or Chelsea or Arsenal or any of those because that didn't seem like you know, Americans, I'm an American. I'm not from Sheffield, and it didn't seem to make any sense to that all Americans get to pick one of the Champions League perennials. So so I just had the insight one year that, you know I said I'm American. my my mother's father's family was from Sheffield. actually, a long time ago, Last migration of my ancestors to the U.S. was three generations of Stanelands and Wildsmiths and so on moved from Sheffield to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So literally, I decided that whatever the team was from Sheffield, I didn't know its name, that uh, that was going to be the club that I was going to support. I didn't even know what league it played in. I didn't know where it was. But uh, so I look it up and uh, found out that the team from Sheffield is called the Wednesday. And then I found it didn't make me that happy. I found that it had just finished something like 17th in the third division. Uh, But I stuck to my commitment and bought a Wednesday player subscription and I uh, found the megastore online and found Al's Talk and the Star or Telegraph, whatever it is, uh, web page, and started to read those blogs. And I've been a Wednesday supporter ever since.
2: My favorite part about all that is that you said the team from Sheffield is called the Wednesday. <laughs> I looked for the team in Sheffield. There's only one. Evan and found the Wednesday. Exactly. it's perfect. Uh, well, that's
6: not strictly true. I knew there's another one. It's <laughs> it's called Sheffield Football Club. It's very important historically, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you know it's a non league side. So so, uh,
1: so the other thing so I the only it, other
6: thing I know about it is is you know I kind of like Ken Loach's films, and I you know, know you're there's about a scene. Pets, aren't where there's there's a football, you know, a couple scenes in some sort of, you know, it's almost like a pigsty, somewhere, you know, in somewhere, it's not Hillsborough, it's somewhere in in, in else Sheffield. I don't know about it. I didn't want anything to do with that lot, so uh, so I really didn't ever consider any alternative.
1: So the thing I caught in there too is you mentioned that uh, your family is from there, and one of the one of the. One of the names you mentioned is Wildsmiths. Can we, can we assume you're a distant cousin of Wednesday's current first choice keeper?
6: You know, I've tried to, my brother and I, I got an older brother and we, we call him cousin Joe. I haven't been able to, you know, to establish that connection. The, um, uh, my, my, you know, my Wildsmith, uh, uh, ancestry is, is kind of, if, if you'll pardon, it's kind of inbred in Barnsley. Uh, uh well, <laughs> the, the uh they, they they moved you know I, I i have i did track down they my great grandmother was was born in barnsley by the, her teens she was living in brightside in sheffield and my uh uh she married a Stanland who was born and raised in Attercliffe. and so, so i've never been able to track whether Joe's a cousin or not, although he might be. Uh, i like do. to think that he is.
3: Have you got cat-like kind of reflexes like uh, Joe Wildsmith? Maybe that's the connection.
6: Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> have I you come for... back to
3: Sheffield um, since, um, Carl? Have you, uh, I need a lot of traveling, but have you been to Sheffield?
6: You no, know, I haven't. I mean to get there... Sometime, I you know, I hope to see a championship fixture or two next year in Sheffield. Uh, uh, I, but I haven't. I never had the opportunity to visit. Now,
1: I wouldn't get ahead of yourself on seeing a uh, championship fixture there next year either. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, i my bed, But again, my loyalty doesn't depend on, on results. That Clearly. was my commitment. Uh, so, so, so you know if. If you're, you know, in Galveston, they have a uh, an expression, "born on the island" and "islander by choice," and so I'm a, you know, obviously Sheffield Wednesday supporter by choice, but but in some sense the burden is even higher, right? When it's like, what what have I selected?
3: Yeah, that's why that's why I love these stories of Americans. Is that I mean, a lot of us couldn't really get away from the fact that we were born in or around Sheffield and therefore didn't have much choice. Either our, our father was a Sheffield Wednesday fan or great-grandfather or mother or whatever. You're usually born into it. Here, that's why I love the stories about Americans choosing football teams because you have selected a, a lifetime of misery. <laughs>
6: yeah, and, and I know that. And it's part of you know I've kind of... You know, I don't know that I've enjoyed that. Uh, although I do feel... I do feel like I've, you know, if we ever do get to the premiership, you know, I'll feel I've earned it <laughs> for for, yeah. for for the loyalty through through the trying times. You know, I, I have to say it's actually been pretty good until you know that it's been year on year improvement really till this till this season uh, since I started following. As I say, I started following the uh, uh, the year that we managed to tip those other guys to promotion. Uh, and so, so there have been a lot of good times, but I will really feel like I've earned it if we ever make it. I'm not that I'm necessarily expecting it in my lifetime at this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of misery, you are uh, 10 hours behind kickoff in Sheffield. So what is the game day, game morning Game wee hours of the morning like for you.
6: So, so of course I have an iFollow subscription. I had a player subscription and immediately embraced iFollow. So we're talking two thirty in the morning. If it is the first fixture, mostly right now it's five a.m. We don't we don't change uh, standard or daylight out in Hawaii. So I think it's going to shift to six a.m. So. I still, you know, obviously, uh, I'm usually up for the, you know, whether or not Wednesday is, is 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 playing. You know, I'm there on with my NBC. Uh, uh, you know, I've got very good, a uh, uh, very good wireless, very good internet, uh, so I'll be streaming the Premier League fixtures uh, until Wednesday comes on. Uh, so, I actually kind of enjoy it in a way. Uh, I enjoy getting, you know, my football is done by about nine in the morning and I can get on with life. Uh, so, those like seven hours of, of watching the, the the three successive Premier League fixtures with, uh, uh, with Wednesday slotted in whenever it happens, uh, uh, it, it, it's a nice Saturday morning routine.
1: It is just more of your Saturday for that team to ruin, though. Too.
6: <laughs> yeah, this well, is a. Wait, this is this a hopeful. Do? It was it was supposed to be a, a hopeful podcast. <laughs> it's 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 I my loyalty does not depend on on results. Actually, I have to say there was one one lapse in that uh, a few years. That, I guess it was the first year in the championship. I actually, I had the month-to-month Wednesday player. And I remember it was an early December fixture and we were losing everything. And I remember we lost a goal. We were about to to uh, to get a draw. But, but Miguel Lera, like, was protesting so much that Wednesday scored a goal and the referee disallowed it because simply because Lara was uh, 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 <laughs> <I'd been> protesting <laughs> and I got so furious <laughs> that I canceled my monthly subscription,
0: <laughs>
6: but, but but I relented within like two or three days and bought the annual and I've been on the annual ever since.
3: <laughs> that's the one to get because otherwise it's too easy to cancel. And I've right. Several that's, that,
6: that, that's, that's right. And it's been, it's been trying lately.
3: So, Carl, um, you get around quite a lot. I was speaking to you earlier on today on on, on uh, text, and you are telling me, obviously, you're in Texas now, even though you're from Hawaii and live in Hawaii, and you're in New Orleans at the beginning of the week, right, with our um, New Orleans group.
6: That's right. I I uh, drove over there for the weekend. Actually, uh, had other reasons to be there too, but uh, but I really enjoy. I had had the privilege of watching the uh, kind of the high point of. Of my, of my, what, six years of experience as a Wednesday supporter was, of course, I, I was able to watch both ends of the Brighton playoffs with that group. And it's a really good group. And Jamie's such an engaging, you know, dynamic Wednesday supporter. Uh, so, so I was over there for that.
3: That's awesome. Unfortunately, obviously, the game on Saturday wasn't as good as the Brighton games, but um, I'm sure um, Jamie kept spirits up just, just as much.
6: Well, I mean, what was Bristol City? This, uh, yeah, that was. Our spirits were not high for that.
3: <laughs> I think I saw the halftime picture. It wasn't good.
6: <laughs> no, it was. We were. We agreed that nobody would would dare smile.
3: <laughs> you also telling me um, of, of like a really funny story about when you are in Shanghai. Um, and you met, you met some players wearing your Wednesday shirt. You met some people wearing your Wednesday shirt. So I wanted you to relay that story because I think it's a really bizarre um, set of events. So first of all, why are you in Shanghai?
6: So so my nephew is actually uh, uh, worked as a chef in Shanghai. and uh, so I was there visiting my nephew. And it's my custom when I travel. I like to wear a replica kit. Uh, you know, if I'm it's not for business purposes, but if I'm just for leisure, I find it's, you know, it's you meet people because, you know, unlike if, if I was, you know, wearing a Man United or one of those, it doesn't mean anything. But if you're wearing a Sheffield Wednesday kit, it's like in, you're a British football supporter. It's like people walk over and talk to me. So, uh, and, you know, and share stories and first figure out whether I'm from Sheffield and, and, then, and then the question of why the hell are you supporting those folks, you know, always comes out. We have a nice conversation. So, I, so actually when I was visiting my nephew, he, we, uh, there was a chili cook-off. There's an annual chili cook-off for the expat community. And that particular year, a couple of years ago, it was sponsored by Wellington College. It was on the campus of Wellington College, which is the, the school where Carton Palmer was or is, I don't know if he still is, the football director. So I wore my Sheffield Wednesday uh, replica kit. Uh, uh, and during the course of the event, the, uh, somebody somebody called out to me glory hunter and you know, and i turned around and he was smiling because he recognized a that i was an american and b that i was wearing a sheffield wednesday kit so he wanted to know you know what was that about so uh so i don't know i felt very proud right i felt uh i knew he was joking because you can hardly accuse an american of wearing you know who's wearing the the wednesday strip of doing it for the glory
3: so who did so, this guy support? How's that? Who did this guy support? How did he Why oh, would Manfield he say Mansfield Town? <laughs> uh, Town.
6: Who we we he had just beat actually they were we had just beat them maybe a month before in the uh, uh, I guess in the League Cup. <laughs> uh, so so uh, we had a pleasant conversation uh, about that, and again I had to explain as I always do, you know, why Sheffield Wednesday if you're an American. So uh mostly when I do explain people who support other clubs you know basically respect that and you know I find usually it's a good conversation.
3: It is. I love the fact that you're in Shanghai um at the College of Carlton Palmer's um football school was it?
6: Yeah so, so he is the director of football again I I I used to be his follow him on Twitter, but I dropped Twitter altogether. I don't know if he's still there. I think he still is. But he's director of football for uh, basically a school uh, that serves expats throughout from all nationalities throughout Asia.
3: And you're getting shit from a Mansfield town fan. Christ, there's no there's no sanctuary for Wednesday fans. No, there's not. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Anyway, um So, last question, I suppose. I'm going to have to wrap it up. Um, This season, it's been a bit of a shit show. Um, Do you have hope for the future? Because this is a hopeful podcast. We're not trying to be negative. So, do you have hope for next
6: season? Not a lot. (laughs) God damn it, Carl. I'm sorry. Where's the Hawaiian optimism? (laughs) Sorry, my. My, 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 my training is in quantitative methods and economics <laughs> and things like that. And I have to look at the evidence. And I think we're in for a pretty rough haul. I don't have a lot of optimism. I think it's – I think that – I mean, actually, I think I recognize this pretty – long. you know, it was that first year after our current ownership took over was yeah. – was really quite a pleasure in many ways, but even then, I think I recognized that spunking lots of money is—you you, kind of have to do it to get to the Premier League these days. Uh, but it's more correlated with relegation and failure, and so I was kind of not that I had a bad vibe or thought that things, you know, when when the Transfer decisions started getting weird uh, uh, after Wembley. I, uh, uh, you know, I got specifically worried. But before then, it was just looking at the numbers. This might not end well. We might be up against financial fair play, and might be headed down rather than up.
3: Cal, we brought and, you on this podcast because we thought you had Hawaiian optimism. We we're
6: expecting like okay. beach vibes. All that that's chill. not true, we're <laughs> going to make it, we're gonna, everything's going to come clean, you know, actually Rhodes is going to turn out to be like a fantastic striker, and <laughs> all those injured guys are coming back, and life's going to be glorious. That's better, that's better.
3: I mean, um, when we spoke to uh, Neil in San Diego, he uh, gave us a wonderful image of going down to the beach after a bad game, are you close to the beach in a way, are you always close to the beach in the way?
6: I'm about uh, three or 400 feet, not from the beach, but from the ocean. A little rocky where I live.
3: That's still pretty good. So, um, well, if ever in doubt, or if ever on a bad day, I'm sure you can look into the ocean and all your worries will uh, wash away. That's um, correct. (laughs) So, thanks for coming on, mate. And uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, maybe speak again soon.
6: Yeah, my pleasure. I've enjoyed the conversation.
1: Wednesday news this week runs from the ridiculous to the sublime. And we'll start with the ridiculous after a much publicized return to the under 23s. Uh, Yas. Luque announced in his presser this week that George Hearst cannot actually play with the first team because of his current contract situation, Patty. Um, I think that just dashed the last remaining ounce of optimism we had in this
3: podcast, right? Uh, we all get a little bit excited when he was, um, Announced that he was back in training with the 23s, um, but uh, clearly Yoss got a little slap on the wrists uh, and was told, No, he can't play for your first team. So um, he's stuck with the 23s, and we'll never likely see him in the Wednesday shirts uh, in the championship or even League One, probably. Um, so <laughs>
1: that's it. End of story. We get to see Fraser Preston or Preston Fraser. I still forget which one it is. I still think it's Fraser. Fraser? Fraser Preston
3: Fraser. It's the. (laughs) Fraser's about a
4: perennially kind of, I don't know, nervous and and slightly kind of psychotic um, psychiatrist, isn't it? Over in Seattle. He isn't playing for us. Made the job.
2: Fraser got it.
1: Is he any good good, at physio? We could all use a psychologist after this podcast, I think. (laughs) (laughs) More ridiculous news uh morgan fox is in the news and not for being a generally terrible defender james
4: yeah it turns out that um a few years ago when morgan fox was playing for charlton so before he became a dreadful left back he was just a dreadful person um so he he hung out with basically a bunch of reprobates in the uh in the charlton squad who recorded really idiotic videos um with puerile abuse directed at irish people i mean i'm sure there was some kind of funny uh, line in there about the person that they knew that they were uh, they were slandering but they basically come across as a bunch of idiots um and what morgan fox said wasn't especially offensive what some of the others said was downright racist so um yeah not not exactly a very good judge of character um some of his teammates probably open to a few libel cases and um if not worse And, uh, yeah, I mean, if that's a reason for us just to say that we don't particularly like Morgan Fox's values, ethics, and he doesn't seem like a good employee, that seems like a really good excuse to get him out of the team and out of Hillsborough, as far as I'm concerned. But um, maybe we're not quite that fortunate.
3: No, I think he should be disciplined, and by that means sacked, definitely. I mean, that is harsh enough for me. Get him out of the team, definitely sacking (laughs) offense. It's a bit of a dangerous precedent to set, I know, but...
2: I'm offended. Yeah, I'm I'm deeply offended, and... uh would like to make a personal call to, to Chinsiri to ask him to remove Fox from the, the <laughs> squad. Got
1: mean, love Irish mean, to be those, fair, them. we would feel, I think, as uncomfortable as was a better player as well wearing a Wednesday shirt. Like, I don't, I don't that, claim that, to That sit is here. a very fair clarification. I don't Jeff, claim yes, to sit here does. and understand sort of the weird, you know, intern scene politics of the United Kingdom, but they just seem very low class to me regardless of sort of the context of what it might be sort of broad more broadly.
4: Yeah. I mean, you, you are describing the average pub banter um, in certain parts of the country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But there's no, there's no excuses for that. And you're absolutely right to clarify that if it had come from a a celebrated player, a player we love, you know, you, you, you should have the same reaction. We, I hope we would have the same reaction, but you know, being more flippant for a second, I think this is a good an excuse for a good fan uh, fan kind of you know weighing in of uh, of collective will and uh, and maybe we should have like an online survey a petition register how offended we are and try and get Morgan Fox out of
1: the uh, out of the squad.
2: Right. We can we can title it "What Does the Fox Say."
1: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I don't think we need anything as cynical as this to justify Morgan Fox. Being booted from the squad after the season. Just look at the tackle he put on the Ipswich player to set up the uh, deciding goal on Tuesday night. I know we weren't going to talk about the game. That's the but only it was piece
4: we going to do this week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember just sitting there in my office watching it and just being like, what? <laughs> as soon as he tackled my I go, this is going in. And then it did. I wasn't getting any more optimistic. So the Sublime. <laughs> Lucas Xiao is the PFA Player of the Month, Evan. So even in this awful season, Wednesday fans are still capable of stuffing the ballot box when needed.
2: What did Morgan Fox say? Um, <laughs> sorry, what was that?
3: <laughs> Wait, is he play- he's up PFA Player of the Month. I thought he was just our Player of the Month, isn't he?
1: I thought yeah, he was, sure I, was no, I thought he I saw he was nominated for PFA player of the month. Or was it Right.
4: No. We want EFL yeah, goal of the was. month, but I think it was like the youth goal of the month.
1: It was that. Awesome. You see how close we've been paying attention to Sheffield right. Wednesday this week.
5: But
2: regardless, right, Luke, you know, Lucas Zhao, I am so proud of you. Congratulations on your massive achievement. Um, Wednesday fans love you and love the squad at the moment. There's and, really no uh, other candidate. Keep up the good work. Evan, how much this uh, whiskey have you drank so far? <laughs> it's gone.
3: High on the gut impression.
1: Uh, there's just a note here that says Luvin should be respected with Patty's name next to it. <laughs> This
3: is me. This is Paul setting me up. Paul, could you explain yourself, please?
5: Come on. <laughs> come on. I, I'm just sitting here quietly watching this one come in closer and closer. I'm so excited <laughs> for this. I purposefully put Paddy's name against this because Leuven's has been getting such shit this week on the socials. I thought Paddy should stand up in this air of optimi- optimism pod Oops. and defend our team and club captain, Glenn Leuven's. Over to you, Paddy.
3: Yes, this is like being in university at the debate team, the the size you really don't want to represent, isn't it? Uh, But actually, I'm going to do a little bit of a favour for Glenn Lubens and lump him in with the rest of the team too, because even though we have been terrible this season, um, you should always respect your fellow human beings, whether they be your colleagues at work who's doing a bad job, whether they be the players on the pitch. So don't call them C-Words on Twitter or Facebook and Instagram. (laughs)
2: <laughs> just, or Irish, your... or Irishmen.
3: Oh yeah, especially don't do racist <laughs> threats either. Uh, respect your um, defenders that are of a certain age and that should be put in the uh, knackers' yard by now. But respect them, of course. Um,
1: so please keep your opinions to yourself. In conclusion, Sheffield you... Wednesday <laughs> is a land of contrasts. <laughs> Speaking of Irishmen, <laughs> oh, good link. Mm. Kieran Westwood, who has not been fit to play for Wednesday, is in the provisional Irish squad for their upcoming friendlies, Paul.
5: Oh, thanks. Thanks for asking, Jeff. I've been sitting here quietly with my items on the agenda waiting for you to call on me, and you've, abs- you've ignored me in the last two sections. Well, so you can blame Paddy ge- and
1: Evan for taking up all of your time.
5: Listen, you've handed the mic to me now. I'm just going to wrap go you I won't talk stuff. over you at all oh, while you're uh, doing this. Oh, <laughs> Westwood. Yeah, that's right. Westwood is selected in the um, provisional squad. And uh, we, as we discussed before, the part, I thought that was quite exciting and could potentially be a sign of him coming back. But James is kind of... Shot that down in flames and says, nah, just a provisional squad. It's four keepers. He's the fourth. He won't play. He hasn't played since December. So maybe it's not a positive sign. But again, I was trying to be optimistic and thought, oh, is this a little sign that Westwood's back? Oh, what was that, Jeff? Did you ask me another question? Uh, oh, yeah, um, that's right. Maybe we do hope that it's a lesson learned so far for uh- <laughs> the failure in the club this is the question that was to be asked in the first section um yeah i think that uh, chance thanks for asking Jeff. i think that chance is a, a very successful businessman and surely you know he, he realizes now he's rolled the dice he's gambled and he's lost and i think he's smart enough now to try and regroup and pl- pl- play the rules of ffp i think we'll come out in a, in a more of a positive place i think he's learning that south yorkshire isn't london or manchester that you know lot, lots of us at sheffield folk don't have the the money that we, we he might be expecting for us to pour back into the club, but I think. And hoping that this is rock bottom, and I think that with Joss blood in the new youth, you know, I think as James had said earlier about uh, Brighton as an example, that we will come out somewhere, you know, more positive. I think in the future. Oh, what was that, Jeff? Another question about the the next year's um, next season? How are we going to do? Yeah, I think we're <laughs> going to do quite well. I think we're going to survive. I think we're going to settle settle in mid table. I think maybe a bit like Leeds did this year, or um, or maybe Derby last season. I think we kind of take stop start, take a breath. As I said, blood some of the youth and, uh, and, and go again. Go again stronger the following season. But I really think that next season could be a, a regrouping season. I'm looking forward to celebrating 152 years of our ama- amazing club as we, we bounce back into the Premier League. But thanks for asking, Jeff. Back to you. Paul, uh, do you have a question for Carl from Hawaii? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think this is the last time we let Paul write the agenda Paul, yeah, Paul's <laughs> never allowed to write the agenda again
5: I thought it was a good agenda What's wrong with it? There's
1: way too much hope Yeah, it's too positive you put a bunch
5: of mardy old bastards <laughs> too, too many segments for Paul to prepare And not get not to get asked
1: about by the sales of things
5: <laughs> I'm not we putting have... my name last on each item anymore Jeff's right, he just,
1: he just ignored me Because I was last <laughs> Do we have any other business?
2: Yes, uh, we do Yeah
1: Oh. Well, Evan has got some business. Evan, what's your business?
2: Well, I I have an extra Columbus crew taken I'm trying to get rid of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't know where else to post this. So, well, oh no, really? I'm trying to sell done. a uh, an infant car seat. Is anyone interested? <laughs> Wait, we have to do Craigslist. I I do have some couches in the basement to get rid of as well. <sighs> Patty, you were you were going to say something? Oh, I was God. yeah. We do have some Bolton
3: meetups this week. Um... Actually, no, we have a Bolton meetup this week, and it's in New York, uh, and it happens to be my birthday, so if you don't, I'll come um, clean up. I'll be very upset. If we don't get three points, I'll be even more upset. So come to New York, football factory,
1: 10 o'clock kickoff, I follow. Boom. Patty, I'm guessing by 2 p.m. you won't remember any of it anyway, so.
3: Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. I've also got <laughs> rebels at 7 p.m., so it's going to be a long day. But, of course, I will stay... Very slow, both around.
2: See, you're lucky because your your team plays in the evening. Mine plays at one, and so I have to travel an hour and a half to tailgate. So I won't even. If I'm watching Wednesday, it's in the parking lot of Columbus Crew uh, Stadium. Maybe I can get some
1: extra uh, Wednesday fans in the parking lot.
3: You know, that's probably a good opportunity. I mean, don't show them our game specific. against
1: Bolton if you want to do that. <laughs> Pull up like the 91 Cup final <laughs> <laughs> or something.
3: We also have some updates from our um, city reps. We have a new city rep, which is a very familiar name to those of us in the podcast, uh, Laura Costa in Phoenix. So, if anyone's around Phoenix at any time or even lives there, get in touch with uh, Laura. You'll get her details on alzamericas.com. We have some group news too. So, our supporter group in Tampa, Florida is back on. Um, Lewis has, uh, jumped back into life and he's got a first meetup of the season against Leeds, um, McDentons in Tampa, Florida. We also have some news around the Toronto group, which has been a little bit dormant recently. We've got a couple of, um, new people interested in sign up again. So if you're in Toronto, um, get onto oursamericas.com uh, and give, um, Gaz a shout.
1: This has been a very, very optimistic episode 22 of the owls americast you can find us on owlsamericas.com email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com and follow us on twitter at owls Americas. our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow wednesdayites reverend and the makers podcast is on itunes SoundCloud, stitcher google play podbeam and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts there's no wrong way to listen to the show just do what feels right wherever you choose to consume owls americast We ask you rate and review the show that helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. And speaking of ramblings, you can leave the show a voicemail on our Dazed and Mumbled line at 1-401-307-1867. International rates do apply, but you can dial it for free using Google Voice. James is on Twitter, at Manhattan Owl. James, how many miles are you planning to do after the podcast?
4: Um... I'm really wondering whether I'll get a full mile completed before I fall off the treadmill, Jeff. But uh, with a little bit of luck, it might be uh, it might be three or four, and then I'll come back and have something a little bit sharper than the tangerine haze, which is uh, it's just left me feeling a little bit chilled. Um, which probably is also true for this podcast once the uh, once the euphoria wears off.
1: Evan is on Twitter at Ohio Owl. Evan, what does one eat and drink at a Columbus Crew tailgate party?
2: Uh, in Ohio, you pretty much eat and drink whatever's given to you, um, so
1: and plenty of it. I you assume you can
2: you can use your imagination on that. Fireballs, all fireballs. It, it it's basically
1: I, I pick up three bottles of Fireball
2: on my way there and I share one of them and finish two,
1: so uh, it's pretty. It's like, are we talking like seven hundred fifty milliliters or like the flasks <laughs> or uh, two yes. liters? Yeah, two The box liters. wine version
2: so six six liters total of fireball
4: evan we uh we expect to see some live tweeting from the columbus crew tailgate this weekend um and i'd like to see the massive flag with jeff's face on it please
1: uh (laughs) out from the back of your suv
2: i've i've not received one yet who's supposed to order those jeff
1: (laughs) i'll I'll get on it patty's on twitter at patty a jones and at new york owls Patty, how many miles are you going to traverse in the city this weekend as part of your birthday extravaganza?
3: Um, Well, I'll be covering two states. That's a good start, right? Two states uh, um, in New York and New Jersey as I go to watch the Red Bulls' home opener against Portland. So I want to give a massive shout-out to our rivals at Portland Wednesday and Mike over there. Uh, Hopefully it'll be a good game. I think Red Bulls have been playing pretty well recently. We're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, so I'm looking forward to it.
4: Yeah, Paul's a big fan of the MLS. He might uh, he might join you. <sighs> oh, don't get started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Fuck I've forgotten someone, but I'm on Twitter, at Jeff Petternas. Yeah. we'll see you back here I next week. Yeah. look on the side
0: of death. <whistles> Just before you draw your terminal breath